Welcome to Forbes India Teenpreneurs, a weekly podcast series where we speak with the young and restless, literally entrepreneurs and innovators under the age of 20. We'll dissect their enterprises, chart their journeys and highlight the perils and prizes of starting young. For today's show we have with us 18-year-old Ritika Kocholia, a student of American School of Bombay. She started a non-profit initiative Science with Impact when she was 16 years old. We also have her father Rajiv Kocholia joining us. A Stanford University graduate, he has 25 years of global experience in entrepreneurship, investments and research and development. At the beginning of this year, her father launched Speech and Debate India. and Ritika has played a key role in helping him expand the scene. She plans to take a gap year before she starts her undergraduate program at Stanford to help her father launch a debate academy where courses will be taught to children through debates. This sounds super exciting. So Ritika, you are 18 years old and you're working on two very different projects. So why don't you tell us a little about both of them? Uh, yeah, sure. Thank you. So my journey with Science for Impact began in seventh grade with my teacher, Mr. Nelson. Seeing as Mr. Nelson was able to spark that love and interest in science for me, I wanted to be able to do the same for other students. So that's what led to the creation of my environmental gamified curriculum. Moving on to debate, the commonality between both these initiatives is education. I want to be able to drive some sort of change in this field because of how passionate I am for, for education. Now, Speech Debate India was an initiative that my father launched way back in January, and I've been helping him since then. But for this upcoming academic year starting in August, we will be launching a debate academy. The idea is to help these kids supplement their own learning by having an opportunity to dive into subjects they don't normally have a chance to do so. Okay, lovely. That sounds super interesting. Um, so coming to you, you know, uh, like, uh, I mean, when Jitika came up with this idea when she was, 16 uh, which is you know extremely young and she said that she started learning about how to set up a startup when she was 14 so you know coming up with such a brilliant idea initially and when she came up to you and told you you know that this is what she's thinking about what was your uh, thought process or what was your initial uh, reaction when she when she first told you about this so it was it was very exciting it was also really broad in terms yeah. of scope yeah. and so you know i wanted to be as supportive as possible for her and you know was there behind the scenes just to help guide where she needed but i i'd say she really led the initiative she led you know thinking through subject areas content areas that she wanted to teach and educate through science with impact uh, she did a lot of research across different areas uh, in the environment which is an area that she was passionate about Uh, and you know i was i was there kind of behind the scenes to help her with you know some of the infrastructural needs or logistical needs that she needed and just making sure that some of that uh helped get facilitated as she needed so right right and and was this was science something she's been fascinated with uh, since she was much younger can you you know narrate any yeah. instances um of i'd say pretty much since a very young age and when yeah. she was Uh, in elementary school she really wanted to become an astronaut and she was really excited about uh, <laughs> science even way back then and uh, she she's always loved science i'd say that her love became even more of a passion uh, around middle school uh, you know the story that she just described uh, mr nelson was one of her teachers uh, at asb that really helped uh, drive that even further uh, for her and i think some of the some of the 
experiences she was able to get fairly early on uh, between middle school and early high school, where she had some opportunities to teach younger kids. She really enjoyed that. And she wanted to be able to help drive that spirit of creativity and just love for learning science to other kids as well. And so I think that was a big driver for her, at least what, what I've seen evolve over time. Right, right. And Rithika, coming back to you, you know, balancing school with this initiative that you were doing, and it's it's not easy to sort of create an entire curriculum and sort of gamifying it. How difficult was it and, and how did you manage to find that balance and, and did your father sort of help you guide through that? Uh, you know, if you can talk a little about that process. Yeah, so my school was actually very supporting and so were my teachers. I actually petitioned with my school to let me have some breaks during classes. So I'll pre-test out of some classes and I'll be able to skip some classes. So I actually had um, like some class time where I could go to like the elementary school, other like the elementary campus at my school and actually teach this class during school hours. Um, and so a lot of my teachers were very supporting of my idea. And I was constantly reaching out to different mentors throughout my school for feedback and advice on what I was developing. I'd like sit with my science teachers during my lunch breaks and run my new ideas by them for my wow. next class and see what they would do differently. And it was, a, it was an amazing experience to be able to do that. Right, right. And, and so when did you launch the website? So the website is sciencewithimpact.org. And I worked on this during the summer when I had more free time away from academics. So I spent a lot of time creating my website. I made a lot of videos to educate people and to easily step-by-step step show them how to sign up for this free curriculum as well as how to use it in their classes. So I put all my resources as documents and I'd actually walk, I'd make a video walking through the document for how to use what, when to use it. Um, and then I also included a blog of just different educational experiences that I've had and what I've learned throughout these last couple years when, as I've explored this area. That's great. That's this was during 11th grade, um, so yeah. 10th, 11th, 11th grade in particular, and then moving on to 12th grade as well. So. Right, right. And what's the response been like for the website as well as the initiative? Have you, have you tried to expand this to other schools at all, uh, collaborated with them? What's that been like? Yeah, so I initially taught this at my own school because I wanted to just test out the curriculum that I was creating. And so I kept giving the students that I was teaching surveys to see how they liked it. And I received lots of positive feedback from them. And so that's when I transferred it onto my website. And then off my website, I've had over 100 other educators reach out to me and actually start implementing it in different like, parts of the world in whatever classrooms they were working in. Yeah. Ritika, what was your immediate reaction to your dad's idea of setting up Debate Academy? Well, my first reaction was, I wish I could have done this my whole life as well. <laughs> as soon as he told me about the idea, I absolutely loved it. And we, I kind of, throughout this whole process, we've just worked through it. I've helped like think about different ideas. Um, he'll like run various ideas by me and I'll give him my feedback and we'll try to come up with different ways to keep expanding and to keep teaching new and interesting courses through debate because I think it's such an amazing platform to learn from because you're learning, but you're having so much fun learning that you don't, you don't even realize that you're learning because you're just really excited. You want to win the debate. You want to have the best piece of evidence. <laughs> and by doing so, you end up gaining so much more knowledge about a specific area than you normally would. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like it allows us to explore topics that we wouldn't normally explore in school. Um, so, yeah. 
Yeah, that's great to hear. And so coming to you, you know, the launch of Debate Academy, how did that idea come about? You know, was it Ritika that inspired you seeing her active in schools? What was it, if you can recall that, that anecdote or the instance when you came up with this idea? So it was actually a couple of years. So I had, uh, I was in debate myself, you know, in high school when I was growing up in the US and I was super passionate about debate. It was a large part of my high school experience. Uh, and it, it's something that has always helped me throughout, you know, various pursuits that I've uh, you know, been involved with. And, you know, looking back a couple of years ago, now it's been about three years ago, uh, Rithika, I, and uh, my son, as well as a couple of my nephews in California, yeah. we actually did a, uh, a debate camp. We set up a debate camp in California that summer when we were there uh, at my sister's place. And that was what really inspired me is just seeing Rithika, seeing my son, seeing my nephews really get into it. Uh, and it was just so much fun for me to, to see them experience debate uh, that gradually as I had time, uh, decided that I wanted to really bring this to India and set up the concept for uh, kids across the country to be able to enjoy this. And so we launched in January and we initially launched physically as well as we set up an online uh, platform in January as well. And um, starting March, we moved completely online uh, and we've you know, run through a number of different courses already, which had a lot of success. Uh, right now we're in the middle of our tournament series and so the plan is in August to uh, to launch you know, a revamped program based on everything that we've learned, uh, educating and, and walking through different types of course formats uh, to make this uh, concept accessible to kids across the country. Can you take me through how a program like that would work? I mean, since it's a debate, of course, you'd need to have more than just one child, right? So, so how does it how does it work? And I'm guessing that this is a for-profit venture. We uh, we need a group of kids because, as you pointed out, you know, you can't really debate with just yeah. a few kids. Yeah. There isn't enough diversity of opinion and perspectives yeah. if you only have a few kids. And so, we generally in our classes will have 15 to 20 kids in our classes. Uh, and we have various exercises and drills that we work through. And what we're trying to do is we are trying to teach them how to debate and how to learn, you know, various subcomponents of what it takes to be a good debater. But we're doing that not just in kind of an old traditional manner of, uh, of just telling them what they need to do. Instead, we are having them engage right from day one. Uh, in actual debates and drills that we run. And so we use content as interesting subject areas for them to dive deep into. So for example, right now we're running a course on uh, the environment and climate change. And yeah. so we're taking that subject uh, topic matter and diving very deep into different aspects of the environment and climate change uh, so that as kids are learning how to debate, they're actually applying it on various aspects of, uh, of that topic. Uh, and so we have a number of different topics that we've already run and then many more that we're planning on launching in, in August. Right, right, brilliant. And has it been a challenge for you juggling with these two initiatives that you're working on simultaneously? Because I'm guessing while you're working on Debate Academy, you're also working on expanding science with impact. So has that been a challenge and how, you're, how are you managing 
Yeah, now that I'm taking a gap year and with quarantine these past couple months, I've actually had more free time. And so <laughs> I've been able to like spend time on both these initiatives as well as some other fun projects. That's great to hear. And how is it like, you know, you know, working um, as as partners and having this father dual relationship? What's what's the dynamic like? You know, it's it's work as well as home. So how do you guys juggle that? Um, and and what's that experience been like for both of you? We both have a lot of fun doing it, <laughs> and like we love working together. And when I, it's usually it becomes fun yeah. um, for us when we're working together. So yeah. Um, yeah, right now we're, we're running this uh, Younger Explorers uh, uh, course together, and that one has just been a lot of fun. So it's younger kids, so uh, just grade two to grade four. And so Rithika actually, Rithika and I co-run that together, yeah. where we have a lot of fun just with one another, and they're all <laughs> little kids. And so we're trying to just make it a lot of fun for them and introducing yeah. debate and concepts of research in a very fun, basic kind of way where we want them to be laughing we want them to be engaging with one another yeah. uh, and so she you know Rithika and I uh, are able to have a lot of fun with that and just you know divide things out together uh, yeah. so it's 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 been great and she's kind of like my chief advisor whenever I have questions <laughs> I will go and uh, pick her brain to to see what she thinks and uh, she has yeah. a she has a good gut feel for education so. wow that's great to hear and, and how is it isn't it difficult to sort of keep you know, grade two to four, uh, that, that age group is, it, it's at the time when kids can't really sit in one place and don't want to look at the screen. So how do you guys make it more fun for them? That, that was my biggest hesitation. <laughs> so we didn't launch with grade two to four. We had launched with, uh, you know, upper elementary up till high school. Mm -hmm. And we started getting inquiries from younger kids. And we just used to say, no, that we don't, you know, we don't have a program and we're not sure if they can handle it at that age. Uh, then I ran a demo class a couple months ago, just an experimental uh, class with a group of kids. Mm -hmm. And we started experimenting with it and we realized we were having a lot of fun and they were having a lot of fun uh, with it. And so it just started expanding from there. And so it's, it's very different. We use uh, more, so I would say easier topics that they are, that are relatable for younger kids. Uh, so right now for them, we're, we're on a science topic uh, currently, and so we'll take things like natural disasters, and we'll take you know, areas that are fascinating for little kids. You know, di discussing and debating what's worse, you know, earthquakes or volcanoes. You know, what's worse, and what are some positive aspects of of both of those? And so we try and keep it fun and and light for the for the younger kids. And then as they get older, then they get you know uh, they get into you know tougher, deeper topics. So, uh, but kids love the competitive aspect of it and they love you know winning or losing it's just a lot of fun for them yeah uh, so. i'm sure and how do you plan to expand or go on with both science with impact and debate academy um if you can briefly uh, take me through what your expansion plans are like for both. yeah for with science uh with science with impact i think my next step right now for this upcoming year is to make it online so currently all my resources are online and teachers can access them via my website However, it still requires a teacher to be teaching it with a physical class. So if a teacher in, like, in Delhi like, looks at my curriculum, they still have to have a physical class to use it. And so I want to redesign it and kind of make it so that everything can run individually and online for students. So that they're all playing into maybe one larger game, but they can do it from home in their laptops because I'm not sure how long, how much longer quarantine will last. 
but I think that's my next step with science with impact. And then for the debate academy, I think making this into an academy and actually this upcoming year, since we'll each be teaching our own classes, I'm really excited to teach some of these classes because like one, one track that I'm teaching is about college admissions. So I've been talking to some current students these last couple of days and I've been asking them what are some things they want to know or want to learn more about. And then I'm going to, over this next year, I'm going to be teaching different things like how to write essays and what extracurriculars and how do admissions officers read different admissions files and all these different things through actual debate. Um, and so I'm really excited for that. Great. And uh, so, you know, I'm just uh, coming back to you. A lot of parents tend to have sort of hesitation um, that, you know, they're like I, like I mentioned earlier that, you know, if, if kids are involved with, you know, you know, learning how to set up startups, they're just growing up too fast. Do you think, do you think times have changed enough and, and our education system kind of needs to encourage, um, you know, kids to, you know, think critically, you know, the way Ritika has. So any piece of advice that you'd like to give other parents um, in terms of to, to show how things could change going forward? Absolutely. I think these times have changed dramatically, right? When I was growing up, you know, the common prescription was, you know, go do your engineering, go get your MBA, and then you'll be set for life. And, you know, that's kind of the path you need to follow or go, you know, become a doctor and, you know, do that or, you know, something that has a particular professional path. And our world has just changed so dramatically. If we look at where we are, even today, if we don't even think about 15, 20 years from now, Today, any employer survey you see is not going to put, you know, memorization in the top five skills. You will never see memorization, right? You will never see rote learning. You will never see, you know, excellent at standardized testing yeah. uh, is not something that employers look for. They look for collaboration. They look for creativity, communication, critical thinking. Those are the skills that will differentiate. And as I think artificial intelligence takes away more and more of you know, that rote learning oriented kind of jobs, right? Uh, our world is orienting towards the liberal arts and towards the creative types, you know, the kids who can really think outside the box. That's where, you know, a premium is. And that's what we try and focus within our courses is I'm trying to really stretch their imagination of what is possible. You know, we as parents need to look to this next generation as incredibly bright they know what they're, you know, they're doing and what they're passionate about. And we need to really just be supportive and they will do well if they're able to pursue, you know, their passions. Because the, the more you look at the future, most of the jobs that these kids are going to be going into have not even been invented yet. Uh, and so how do you train a child for a job that hasn't been invented? Well, you give them the right life skills so that they can be highly adaptable. Uh, into those different areas. Uh, great. Uh, Ritika, what advice would you like to give to kids your age, um, at, at your age, when it comes to taking this risk? I think it really comes down to just following your passions and not being afraid of where that might lead you. I think, I think you can be successful and achieve loads of things in whatever field you choose to. And so I think it's really important that you find that one thing that really makes you smile every morning you wake up and just go for it. See what difference you can make, see how you can help others. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And did, did uh, you know, working on this, these initiatives ever affect your grades? And did that ever affect uh, you mentally? Because, you know, I know that a lot of kids nowadays go through immense pressure in terms of getting good grades. It comes from their parents as well. And, and sometimes when you try to do something like this, everyone, everyone cannot sort of, uh, you know, manage everything together. So, so has, I mean, what would you say to kids like that? Um, so I think like, because of the current way the like high school and college applications are structured, it is important to focus on grades, but I think find something that actually makes you happy. Like for me, working on these initiatives made me happy. Every time I'd go and teach my curriculum, I would be 10 times happier walking out of that classroom than I was walking into that classroom. And for me, that was really like what I needed. When it came to taking a gap year, was that ever something that you as a family gave it a second thought? So taking a gap year wasn't initially something I planned to do, but it actually has given me an amazing opportunity to explore online learning because that isn't, it's a huge change that education around the world is going through right now. And lots of teachers are attending different workshops for how to turn their classrooms online. Um, a couple of my teachers have actually like sent me some of the online Zoom recordings that they've watched. It's yeah. been amazing to watch those, but I think it's, really interesting for me to be able to explore this other format because I think even after COVID, school is still going to be some support of, some form of blended learning between actual in-person learning and just online learning. Mm -hmm. Because if students are able to get by with online learning, there are some benefits to it. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's basically how to op optimize time in class and out of class. That's great to hear. I think it. I think it kind of goes with our philosophy of of learning. And for me, when I was at Stanford, I really felt that the academics were maybe about a third of the overall experience. Uh, you know that that I was able to enjoy over there. So much of it is just a social experience. You're learning so much from all these bright kids from all over the world with different experiences and different thoughts and perspectives. Uh, and so, so much of that is that interaction that you get day to day. Um, and so we didn't want to, uh, you know, to jump in too early until things, you know, settled down on, on that part. And so we were very supportive when she came, uh, you know, when, when she you know, thought through what she wanted to do. Uh, and then there are also so many other aspects that you, you gain just in that environment where you might as well, you know, you might as well jump into it once, you know, things have, uh, have settled down and, uh, and then she had these fun initiatives to, to, to work on in the meantime. So it all worked <laughs> yeah. out pretty well. So. Yeah. Can you tell me a little about those uh, smaller initiatives that you spoke about? Sure. So <laughs> these have been more for fun, but um, yeah. like these past couple of weeks, I've started like a book club group with like some middle school students. Yeah. And so I think I've been trying to like teach them how to analyze text and also how to apply what they're learning. And so we've been reading like a realistic fiction book recently where it was about a Pakistani girl and her fight for a girl's education. Um, and then from that, I taught them how to like pick what they learned from this author and actually write their own realistic fiction story. So like this week we've been writing stories about animal poaching and climate change and that's been pretty fun. Um, I've also been like working with my school. So they have these different like task force um, around education that look at how they're going to change things about the school and one that I've been kind of like helping out with is how they're going to move to like virtual learning and how they're going to improve virtual learning for this upcoming school year. Mm -hmm. so. 
Okay, that's great to hear. Wow. All right, guys, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I think it was super insightful and very, very inspirational. And all the very best to the both of you for your initiative. You are listening to Forbes India Teenpreneurs. We'll be back next week with another Teenpreneur. See you then. Today's show was edited and mixed by Manswini Kaushik. If you like the show, don't forget to share and subscribe. Also check out our other podcasts, a fortnightly series on our latest cover story called Inside Forbes India and conversations about business, economics and books on From the Bookshelves of Forbes India.